Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Justin here, and we're back for episode nine of the Survival of the Artist podcast. And actually, we're having our second Indie Tribe member on the podcast. The first member of the Indie Tribe that was on this show was Mowgli the Iceberg, who uh, dropped some knowledge, but we're, we're coming back. We have to circle back because now we have no big deal. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And and Dill or Dylan or no big deal. You can you could tell me what I can say. Um, is uh, <laughs> is started the indie tribe, got his buddies along. What up, RG Mowgli, the Iceberg, and Jerry Mana, and they're making great moves in Christian hip hop. And appreciate that, man. Yeah, and I'm going to stop talking because I'm doing a poor job and I'm going to let you tell us about you. So the first question. I thought you were doing good, man. Eh, you know, I haven't I haven't recorded an episode in a month. but I mean, if anybody, if any, like, journalist knows, yeah, as far as journalists goes, you, you have to know me the best, I would, I would think. We've done the most interviews, the most write-ups. It's got to be you, man. It's gotta be me. All right. It's gotta be. Yeah. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take that. So everybody listening, the indie tribe's preferred journalist is Justin. So if anyone else is trying to holler and get interviews, don't do it. Wow. It's mine. I got it. There it is. I got it. So <laughs> any anyway. So who are you? Even though I kind of said that. What do you yeah. do? And what is your claim to fame? As no big deal. Okay, so yeah, my name is No Big Deal. Um, founding member of the Indie Tribe, Nashville representative, Stand Up 615. Um, <laughs> I am a hip-hop artist, um, a poet, a child of God. Um, so you said, what's my, uh, my what'd you say, my specialty? No, no, well, I'm, I'm sure you have your own specialty, but what is, what is what your claim you to fame? claim to fame uh my claim to fame i've really never been asked this uh Uh, this is why this is why we have these conversations no my hair or uh i don't know man i don't know what my claim to fame is i rap uh i'm a storyteller you know I need I need some more framework for the question, Justin. <laughs> I, I, you're the only person who's ever took this question that deep. I don't I don't I don't have other framework for this question. What did Mowgli say? Mowgli, uh, I don't know, man. That was that was uh, eight episodes ago. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he said he uh, he's the guy who's really interested in like social media and and Spotify yeah. and and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I I yeah. feel like I feel like your claim to fame is is just being the guy who's willing to kind of do whatever it takes, um, whether okay, whether I it's whether it's the roast me Wednesdays or oh, the yeah, enemies okay. or uh, your signature tribe on the move at, at the beginning of songs. Got you, got you, got you. you got stuff, yeah. man. I don't have to tell you. You know. Yeah, I think it's just that uh, I don't. They're not necessarily like tactics so much for me like i mean 
they that kind of stuff just comes out as like ideas like stuff i want to do like i'm having fun and then i'm like oh i should probably refine this into some kind of marketing but i guess that's why i don't think of them off off the top because most of the time i'm just having fun and creating stuff and then i'm like oh that's people will probably like that you know what i mean Actually, I got a better one. I would say your claim to fame is is being known as the guy who got fired by Derek Minor, and because that happened, you became a rapper. Yeah, that's. I guess that it. Yeah, I don't like that though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that being my claim. To fame. Any any time the statement starts with "you got fired," it's like, well, that wasn't great. Yeah, yeah, it was an important moment though. It definitely was important. All right, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll we'll move we'll move past that. Derek, Derek Miner's a good dude, but we'll, we'll move past. Yes, I don't I don't I don't know Derek yet, so I, he has not been on the show. Kind of wild. So so maybe yeah. uh maybe you put in a good word. Okay. Yeah. Wink, wink, sure. winky face. I did meet him once, but that that doesn't count. Okay, so <laughs> how long did it take you to get where you're at now? Now that's a loaded question. I know. Yeah. Um, a good question, though. but uh, do I need more context for that, or do you do you no, have? No, that one's you good. got it. All right, no, go. I got that one. Okay, yeah. So, um, I mean, well, I've been I've been an artist for most of my life. I started doing um, spoken word poetry at like nine years old, like competing, like actually in poetry clubs and competitions and stuff. And uh, that like kind of just bled into a love for um, just the music scene in general, like going. To, Cause you know, they have spoken word competitions at jazz clubs. My uncle's a jazz drummer. So I was just around the music and the lyrics and the rhythm. And that naturally bled into um, a love for hip hop. Um, right around the age of 10 and 11 started, um, you know, making beats on demo version of Fruity Loops and downloaded off of uh, LimeWire or Kazaa at the time. Dang. And uh, started a started a rap group, Southside Epidemic, with um, with some some of my friends in middle school, and uh, that that love carried me all the way through like what I went to you know going to college for music business and um, yeah like road managing Derek Minor and everything that 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 love started way back when I was nine. Um, so I mean that's the that's like the long trajectory, but then the, the, how long have I been doing rap professionally? That's been about, uh, or professionally meaning like as my career, that's been about three and a half years and I've been full time mm-hmm. for, uh, let's see, a, a year and a half. Wow, so, so your your yeah. um, rap tra- trajectory is kind of like my Rapzilla trajectory, which I've been I'm gonna be with Rapzilla for three years, and full okay. full time at Rapzilla like for two years, two and a half years. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, it's really close. So, so I guess every year we get another interview down, and then that, yep. <laughs> that's that's how I've become the official uh, no big deal scribe, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um. So and and you did mention this right at the end, but you you uh, you support your your family as an artist now. Um, yes, you and your wife. So yes, you know what was it like to to like sort of take that leap and say, all right, I'm not going to work 
a job. I'm just my job is going to be music. Yeah, for well, yeah. So for the first year and a half that I was really pursuing it, I had um, had a full time job, which was it was an awesome job. It was in the arts. I was uh, I was teaching communication and literacy in Nashville public schools through um, through spoken word poetry and hip hop through an organization called Southern Word, which is the largest uh, spoken word poetry group for students in the southeast united states so it that that was a great job but um mm-hmm. it gave me a lot of flexibility it, it also like i improved as a writer and as a performer a lot um through teaching those skills um so it was it was a huge part in my development as an artist and it also because they wanted artists to be we were we're the position's called a poet mentor and they wanted active people who were actively pursuing um, artistry. So um, they were very flexible. Like if you have a show or something right. like that, then they, you know, they wanted you to be active. Yeah, so kind of validated was, your position there. Exactly. So it was a it was a perfect job for somebody um, in my position. And uh, yeah, I heard, what was the question? Start talking about that. Uh, you supporting <laughs> you supporting your yourself and and your wife and just you know what was that like to just kind of jump out and become oh a yeah that's right um, so so you know a lot of my first album was recorded while I was still working um, and I look back on it it was like a really fun it was, it's very fond memories because it's like man you're really out here grinding like you're working the job coming home and working a whole nother job um and we just kind of said once um once music was making uh 75 percent of what my my full-time job was making um then uh, money wise then i would take the leap and quit my other job and invest my time into music because right. i f- i personally feel like with music uh well with a lot of arts um you you kind of hit a ceiling where it, as far as like working another job you kind of hit a ceiling where it's like okay for you to progress more um in this field you're going to have to devote more time to it and to devote more time to it you're not going to be able to have another job right you right. know um so we just felt like well if if i'm making 75 percent uh, with music then that's a good indication that this could this might really be the path for us it might really be viable so i need to go ahead and make that time investment take that leap of faith and try to make it work so that's kind of how we uh nice made that decision and it's it has worked so far so um yeah i think it was the right decision yeah now now let's talk about the idea of of indie tribe like where where did that come about and and how did you want to like spark that movement because i know you guys say it's it's not a label you know it's more of a a a collective a thought a movement um so maybe explain what that is 
so any tribe um, describes people who are independent of the um, stereotypes and status quo that uh, and the boxes that culture puts on them. Um, people who are committed to being kind and being lights in the darkness. That's what, that's the, those are the ideals that right. any tribe was founded on. So yeah, it's a movement first. It's a, it's a description of, a, of people who, who connect with, with those ideals. And, um, and that's, that's kind of how, um, different artists joined up. Like it, it was just, it was just me and kind of these ideas that I had and how I wanted to, uh, what I wanted to kind of govern my artistry, I guess. And, um, Mowgli, the first member that joined, he was, he was very like-minded in that. And he was instrumental in like, you know, my, my first three mixtapes, um, he, he was very selfless in like recording me and um, producing for me. And I mean, we were the entire label and marketing company and yeah, each other's yeah. managers and booking agents and everything. Um, and, and then it just, it just grew from there. You know, Jerry very quickly, uh, you know, he was like-minded and loved our movement and uh, reached out to us and we got to know him and, um, you know, he joined up and, uh, same thing with RG. I met RG in person at a show in Atlanta. Um, and, uh, we just kind of, we hit it off, but in a weird way, we hit it off because he, we had, or I had some pants on that he also owned. And <laughs> the first thing he ever said to me was, those are my pants. And he started laughing. Like the first thing ever. And I was like, Oh, I don't like this kid. Like, <laughs> I don't know him at all. I don't know what's going on. Like, um, but then like he, he was like opening for us and he, uh, he performed and I was like, Oh, okay. He's kind of dope, you know? And then we just, uh, we actually hung out and like my, my perspective changed on him. I don't know. It was a very awkward meeting, but, after that, it was like a natural friendship. So, um, and yeah, so the guys just, you know, I think if you just looked at us or you meet us maybe one by one, it's kind of like, what's the connection between these guys? Because we're all, you know, we're all pretty different. But um, I think that you can see in our music and how we move and everything that it's like they're different, but they, those four are clearly like a different type of movement yeah. in the space that we're in. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? No, it does. You know? Um, and so, yeah, those are my guys, but uh, that's, that's kind of any traveling in a nutshell. Well, most important question out of that is, have you and RG ever worn the pants at the same time? I've actually never seen him. I don't even, I, you know, maybe that was just, he was nervous and that was just an icebreaker and something to say to me. That's his pickup line. Seen, <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause I've never seen, uh, I've never seen the pants, but he also, you know, he's really, uh, he's really like 
he's definitely the fashion guy out of all of us. And so maybe he just like burned the pants because he was like, somebody else has the same pants as me. Uh, but yeah, he's, I, you know, by 20, I'm going to say by 2020, he's going to be a fashion icon, like just in every, in, in any arena. He's going to be a fashion icon. So. Whoa. All right. Shout out RG. Shout out RG, the fashionista. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so. Uh, Wouldn't it be fashionista? I, I don't, I don't think. I don't, it can't be fashionista for a guy. I don't know. I, I really, that's, I really have like never used that word before. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm out of the loop. I guess RG would know. RG, comment on this. You, you let us know. <laughs> hilarious you you, you let us know and i apologize if if i called you a woman fashion icon um, i'm gonna guess that it's fashionista all right we're, we'll we'll go with that you did teach like <laughs> linguistics sort of literacy and Kinda. and stuff yeah. and i'm supposed to be a writer so we we should have been yeah. able to figure this out together but i think yeah. i think you're good we'll rock with you um <laughs> so so from indie tribe you you had your very big revelation or reveal that you went to capital capital cmg yeah. so uh how does how does that affect the tribe um because i know it's not a label but you know you're yeah. you're kind of elevated in the sense that you have a label behind you now so how does that affect the dynamic of you guys and i guess the same thing kind of with rg going to reach yeah yeah i mean it um i mean obviously there's an elevation there's um some more eyes on us. Um, but it, it hasn't changed much. I mean, we still operate the same, uh, the way that we, you know, our, our indie tribe DNA and fingerprint is even in the way that we negotiated our deals and stuff. Right. So, um, you know, most of, most of the genesis of ideas, whether you see it, whether, you know, with RG or me, like it's still us, you know what I mean? It's still the four of us. Um, and labels help with execution, you know, and they help with obviously, uh, capital, you know, with money. Um, and both labels have, you know, been very, very good to us, uh, this past year. But as far as the dynamic and the mission and anything, it's just, it, they've been, um, we, we approached them like partnerships and the labels did too. Like I, uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people have a lot of negative stuff to say about labels, but I will say that both of the labels respect, respected and respect our movements. And they approached us like, um, partnerships, not like, um, <clears throat> okay, we, we want to, you know, own everything about you and change stuff about you and uh, you work for us now or anything. They were like, man, what you guys have done is really impressive. Yeah. Um, and we want, we think that if we, like, if we partner that we can take this thing to the next level. And uh, so, you know, it's been, it's been good. It's been good. I really appreciate that. It's humbling to me to, uh, that people think so highly of, this this thing I started, you know what I mean. Uh, so yeah, no, yeah. it it's it's amazing. And when you think back, you know, it's just like you said, it's it's really been what like three and a half years, and all this has happened. Yeah, 
Like it's just skyrocketed. Like every year just kept taking off. I think I remember you telling me um, before you had dropped Canopy that you took that year before to kind of like just do features and kind of just set the tone for what you're going to do in the future, right? Right. So, yeah, I mean, this uh, is part of it. 2016, yeah, 2016 was like no original music for me, all features and just planning. Yeah. And that worked. Just t- yeah. taking a year to to plot your next move. Um, yeah. So I think it's interesting that you, you said you got to like, and and I, I've, I feel like I kind of know the answer, but maybe not everyone yeah. listening would know. But you said you, you got to a place where you're, you doing and being indie was sustaining yourself like as much as your job would have, which is kind of yes. the goal of, of every musician. Um, so what then prompted the move to then sign a deal where it was like, well, you know, I'm already kind of doing what I set out to do as indie. Um, but now let's, you know, and I don't know the specifics of your deal because I know there's some deals, Mm -hmm. you know, they're going to take a lot of money from the back end or they're going to get it later. But, uh, I guess what, what prompted that decision? Um, well, what, what prompted it is what should prompt any signing with a label and this if this doesn't prompt it then i don't like there's there's really no point but when you sign with a label what you're saying is i believe that your marketing your marketing is so excellent that it is worth it is worth giving you a piece of ownership in Uh my music um because I believe that you will maximize the movement so much that I won't miss that piece of ownership. You're gonna quintuple right um, uh, visibility, um, how lucrative this is, longevity, bookings. Um, well, bookings would be a product of that. Not literally, they're gonna yeah, book yeah. for you, but. Um, and, and so, so growth, you know, what, what, um, motivated, motivated it is that we believed in, we believe that we believe that it was worth, um, worth that investment, um, to trust these, uh, labels with the marketing and the growth of our, um, of our movement and brands, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that, and that's like my biggest advice that, that I give to a lot of independent artists. If, if you don't believe that, then there's no reason to, there's less reason to sign now than ever. Like, there's only, I feel like there's only a few labels like, worth signing for. It, it depends like what space you're in, like what, what genre and stuff, but, if if it's not that, there's no reason to sign. Like yeah. all, almost all the all the gates are gone. Like and like more are disappearing. Like um, all the you know, there's not really gatekeepers. Um, not at least not like there used to be. Yeah, and yeah. you can self publish and you can learn anything you need to learn um, online. You know, we're in the information age. We're in the the easiest age to share your music. So literally, you if you the reason to sign is that you believe in the marketing team 
um, to elevate and the ability you. to yeah. grow you so that you don't miss that piece. That's it. Right. Um, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you explained that because you know, the main point of this podcast is really like education to educate people. Like this is how I've been able to make it as an artist. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people, you even have people who are like, Oh, you know, they're an indie artist and then they signed. That's that's a sellout move. But I think the way, oh, yeah. but I think the way that you described it, I I don't think I've ever heard it described that way. Even though essentially that's kind right. of what it is. But the way you broke it down, I think was really good. So thank you for that. And <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, I, I I agree with you though. Like I, that's not usually what I hear, and that's why I try to share that as much as possible. Because it's like, man, break this thing down to brass tacks. What other reason would there be? Right. Like, I think I think for too many people, it's clout or like or you or like a feeling of uh, maybe it's like validation, like, oh, I'm good enough to like for. But, man, you got to cut through that, like, because if it's not that, then you're getting you're like, it, it's just not worth it, especially in this day and age. And like, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure Mowgli had a lot to say about that, too. But um <laughs> But, you know, it helps having a having a team like Indie Tribe to bounce those ideas off of, you know, because, you know, a lot of. A lot of. Conversations with those guys helped me refine my thinking on it to that point, you know, so. But anyway, yeah, and it's good to have that brain trust to be like, all right, these are my guys and I know that they're going to give me the honest opinion that I need. That's another thing, like. Indian tribe has never, we don't exchange any money. And I think that um, just the integrity that are in the conversations we have are like, it's so high because I don't make money off of them. Like everybody told me to make it a label, like all this stuff. They were like, man, these guys are, you know, um, like you, you kind of built this brand and they're, I know those are your homies, but they're going to benefit off of it. So just to, you know, to protect y'all's relationship, mm-hmm. you should sign them because you're, you know, if one of them blows up or something and it was kind of off the strength of any tribe and, you know, and I'm like, I, as soon as people started having those conversations with me, like I committed myself to like letting go of that idea i was like if one of these guys becomes drake like i'm not i'm not gonna get i'm not gonna like be upset that i didn't make money off them but i am not signing these guys to contracts and i'm not taking money from them because when they joined up i didn't i didn't have okay kind of what i just said about a label earlier i couldn't offer that to them right it would i like it would be my integrity would be so low because I believed that the only reason you would sign with a label is again, if you believe that their marketing is so good that giving up ownership of your art that you've like birthed basically um, is worth it. And I was like, it's not worth it for them to sign with me. So instead of like trying to self protect from some future like envy, I'm just going to, by by forcing them to give me money instead of that i'm gonna work on myself to make sure i'm not envious not 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 like medicate my envy with forcing them to give me money so um so but anyway because of that like the culture 
of like the four of us is just we just give each other anything like it just doesn't matter yeah. like you know and and that goes for conversations or literally anything like um and i, I just think that's what keeps us strong. there's times that like we'll get um we will get like jealous or envious of each other it's just natural like and our response is to facetime each other and be like yo i'm feeling like really like jealous of you right now and i just like i want to talk to you <laughs> face to face so that like so so that i don't um so you know when you talk to like if you're mad at somebody that you love but then like you see you like you yeah, talk to them yeah. face to face you're like oh man that's that's like my family like okay i'm good you know what i mean like and that's the kind of culture that we have it's like um i don't know we don't get bitter with each other we may get like jealous but then we handle it like we're we're committed to not being bitter and like and taking money from each other it's just so it's kind of weird to us so yeah no um, I, I mean it, it totally makes sense because once you start yeah. exchanging money it's like you become a boss you're no longer yeah. friends now you have employees and and then you have yeah. you have that pressure to deliver like i need to do such yeah. and such to make right. money yeah or or even you True. it's like if if this ep doesn't do well now i don't make money now i can't pay them so just yeah. just like being friends and then having the i guess the mindset that you're all kind of working towards the same goal no money involved your only job is to kind of help each other succeed yeah uh, i think is a beautiful thing and a very rare thing in entertainment period yeah it's not i want to say it's not always like there are people who who take the other route and they're still like great oh yeah yeah so it's not but um but yeah, for us, that that has been our culture. You know, yeah. So. All right. So you are very in tune with your fans, and and something I always wonder, like, how difficult is it to be active and involved when you're so busy, or you're getting like a million notifications through Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. I mean, how do you juggle that and be active and and not be attached to your phone or computer all day? that's something that as your career grows, well, I'll talk, I'll speak for myself. As my career grows, I feel like I have to grow and recalibrate with it. There's not, there's not a one size fits all answer for how do you mm -hmm. not become, um, obsessed and addicted to social media and, um, your, I mean, just your phone, you know, yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's not good. I think a lot of us are addicted. I'm prone to it. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say I necessarily have an addictive personality, but there are certain things that uh, I'm prone to just kind of get too far into. Uh, and I, I, I can, I know that about myself that I would just because I like interacting with people, but yeah. and that's that's the that's the good side of it, but the bad side is then um, um, kind of being obsessed with what people think about you and feedback and um, 
or even even if it's just all good, but just getting attached to that validation um, and like that becoming part of your identity. Like mm-hmm. I need I need to impress these people, you know, yeah. these online these online people. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I don't have a one size fits. I, I guess the way to not be, you said to not like be, you know, always on your phone and always on your computer, computer, but still be attached is like, man, make your interactions, um, genuine and not don't, don't respond to somebody and don't talk to somebody and don't say something to somebody because it's gonna, it's gonna make the algorithm pop or, um, because it's gonna make your next track do well. Yeah. If that's if that is like your motivation, the thing is that would I won't even say it won't work, but um, it will it, <laughs> to it, some extent. It works. Yep. But it but it starts to be empty, you know. Um, if we you know if we're talking about total like um, personal growth and spiritual health, like that that starts to be empty. Like that's the wrong way to yeah approach it, you know. Um, you know, life's so much more than just money and, and numbers, you know. Um, so if you're not interested in just raw numbers and money at the expense of authenticity, integrity and integrity, then I think it's a good practice to be like, yes, um, respond to fans, but do it because like understand that a positive comment from a fan is way more um it's it's much more of an investment from that fan than a negative comment yeah um because if you just think about yourself i came to the realization this of this this year if you just think about yourself when do you leave comments like on yelp or like a review or whatever you leave it when you're mad or slighted when you're or mad yeah or something or something's awful like you might not be mad but like like a song or something is like truly terrible. Like, but yeah, usually you're mad, you're slighted, um, or something is really bad. Or actually, th- yeah, you you leave the reviews and the comments when you're mad or you're offended. Um, but also, it's it's really easy to leave a comment like it's trash when it's when it's not even like that bad it's just it just didn't blow you away it's like ah trash you know what i mean like it's just it's and and those those come out very easily you know what i mean like somebody might leave a comment on my picture and or something and and say trash and honestly they're it's they don't even really think it's that bad you know what i mean like it's just they don't they don't even think i'll see it like they're they're barely using any brain power when they put trash. You right. know what I mean? Um, but anyway, the point is that whether you're really mad and you leave a comment or you're just kind of indifferent and you just default to negative, it's easy to leave negative comments. When you go to a restaurant and the food was not exquisite, but it was good. Like you were really, you were happy with the food. You had a great time. Yeah. Um, but it it just wasn't it wasn't it didn't blow you away. But it was what you you were like, yeah, that was nice. Um, you're not gonna say anything about it, most likely. Yeah, it's like, just you're a not neutral gonna, experience. 
yeah, you're just like, if you're, if you're just happy, if something is just pleasant, you don't leave a comment about it. You know what I mean? So like, so what that tells me is when I put out something that's good, that's like generally good, people are going to bump it. Like they feel good about it. They're happy. They follow me. They're happy that they have my music. They're happy that I'm an artist. They're most likely not going to say anything. So when somebody does say something positive, they went out of their way. Yeah, that's a good. They went feeling. out of they they went out of their way to put, man, this is fire. Or they they went out of their way to say, um, like you're my favorite artist. Or even just to put a flame emoji. Like I think about myself. I don't like. Let's say, uh, like you know, like uh, Amine or Kanye or Kid Cudi. Like they they put up a picture or they drop something. Nine times out of ten, I'm I love those guys, and I'm not gonna put a comment on there because I'm like they won't see it. Like I'm just like, why would I waste my time? Like I could, I don't yeah, think I've yeah. ever left a comment on one of their Instagram posts. Me too. And I love and I love them. You know what I'm saying? So, so a positive comment is like worth a hundred negative comments because because I have put negative comments on like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like Lil Pump. Lil Pump the other day said. I'm, he said, I'm Jesus on one of his posts. And I put nah. I was just like, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to put nah. You know what I mean? Like, and so anyway, that was a long way to say that like respond to those people because you really are grateful. Because you want to put a smile on their face. Because yeah. you want to encourage them in, in the fact that they're being an encouraging person. Because you want to see them thrive and you care about their story and all that. That respond to them that way um and i just feel like i just feel like the way that god has authored um morality and and the and the universe is that when you're authentic like that like i really think you just reap what you sow with that like um there have been times that i have been inauthentic and it's it did not you know, it, it probably did help my numbers, but it doesn't even compare to when I'm being authentic and I yeah. get authenticity from people back at all. Um, so I would say as far as like, so that's what that's what I'm focused on now. Like, OK, how do you stay connected? I, I really am like grateful. I've been when I get DMs of people telling me their stories and how my music affects them, I have been screenshotting them and saving them to a note in my phone called kind words. Cause I'm like, I actually want to read these and like book and take these people at their word. Not, not just be like, Oh, it's a fan saying something, but being like, yeah, that's oh, dope. My, that's dope. My, like my music like is affecting these people, you know? Um, and, and just not do the fake stuff. And then one other practical thing I will say is like, I seem like I'm on social media way more than i am like your podcast listeners can know this um nobody else does but like (laughs) i like i one of my defaults is that like i do a ton of like i'll go to a coffee shop and do a ton of drafts for like for social media like i'll draft and it's authentic but like i'll just spend like two hours like loading up my instagram and my twitter with drafts and 
then I won't even have them on my phone. I have no social media on my phone right now. And I will literally, when I need to post, I will download it and I will post and then I will delete it. <laughs> uh, and But, it, you know, people can't tell that at all. Like you posted. So, you know, you know, and and then you just keep your stuff authentic. So now, like, it's even more authentic because if I respond to you, that means I had I had downloaded Instagram like a couple minutes ago. I got on, found your comment and responded to it. You know what I mean? Like, so now like you're getting the same authenticity back that, that you're giving me. Um, but anyway, I mean, again, it's something that you just have to grow with. And for me right now, it's like I don't even want this stuff. I'm trying to have as little screen time this month as possible. Um, before the tour so yeah i mean i I like i like face-to-face relationships but i also like if i can put a smile on somebody's face with the with the social media so dope man and and there's there's nothing better than when an artist does respond to a negative comment and the person totally just backpedals oh dude like like no big deal oh no big deal is is so whack and then you're like oh really and you're like no man i'm actually a huge fan just this song you know um you know it was okay um um um." yes (laughs) it's so real bro they'll be like i didn't even think you were gonna see it like i actually love you like all this stuff it's like oh my gosh that's what i'm saying my girl had my phone Uh, it's so easy to leave the yeah it's so easy to leave the the negative comment man it's like yeah so no that's so true it's funny um well you mentioned tour so i'm gonna skip two questions ahead and i'm gonna say oh my bad (laughs) no no it's no it's fine man we're conversating it's okay so the better late than never tour with lecrae andy rg words played and of course yourself i don't think there's a question i just want you to say something about it (laughs) man i'm really excited it's my first um it's my first like um gone for seven weeks on a tour bus show like basically every night tour that i've been on um as an artist i've I've done a couple as a road manager but um so i'm really excited i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm definitely leaving my heart out on the stage um i'm excited about like i said meeting people face to face um and yeah like i'm literally preparing for it now like as far as like mentally and spiritually, mm-hmm. uh, definitely musically, heavily musically. I'm in the I'm in the studio every day, so uh, yeah, man, I'm excited about it. When does it start? September 21st. Oh man! And September 25th is my birthday, and then a couple of weeks later, you're coming to New York, and I I get to see No Big Deal in concert live. Yeah. Oh boy! Oh yeah. boy! That's exciting. September. September is a special month. It's uh, the 20th is our wedding anniversary. The 30th is my wife's birthday. Uh, 21st, the concert starts. And now you have it's my crazy. birthday wedged right yep. in the middle <laughs> because <laughs> because that's so crucial to, yeah. to your oh, existence. Yeah. I uh, know. I probably won't forget it now. But. You'd be like, I, I, I know it's around here somewhere. Um, <laughs> it's okay. If you don't wish me happy birthday, I'll be all right. No. It's a it's a it's a milestone one though. I'm gonna be thirty. Oh wow! That's a big one. Big yeah. Three yeah, yeah. I'm not excited about it, so let's not talk about it. <laughs> um, so, so thus far, 
what has been your biggest rock star moment or feeling of success? Biggest rock star moment or feeling of success. Um, you know, it's crazy because I've, I kind of have gotten like numb to being like starstruck or like yeah having moments like that just growing like growing up around the industry and be, it's well honestly it was because like being a road manager like you have all that has to die like you can't be near a famous person and and freak out you know what I'm saying like you have to be very professional so like I worked hard on that when I thought that was going to be my career um so I think I think some of that has been dulled by that, but I mean, I'm I'm always like happy and excited about my career. But I'm trying to think of one moment. Um, man, I mean, I think I think I, like getting on this tour would have been would have been like a moment uh-huh. like that. But I literally found out like after Andy, like Andy posted the flyer and my name was on there and like Michael like <laughs> hit me and was like, Hey yo, you're going on tour, bro. And I was like, what? <laughs> I guess I am. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I knew it was in talks, but I was, I had never, I had like my confirmation was like Andy posting. So, um, so it didn't like happen all at once, but, um, so maybe that moment will come on tour when you look out at like a sea of people and that you're might, like, and you're like, damn. Okay, okay, okay. Actually, that reminded me. So, okay. All right. No, I already know. I already know now. All right. <laughs> it was two moments and it was this summer we did um, the Tribe Summer Run and it was just, um, it was just me, RG and Mowgli and we just straight up booked some clubs and we're like, man, let's, let's sell these tickets. Like, let's do this the old, old fashioned way, like the real hip hop way. Let's book these bars and see what we can do and nashville and atlanta like went crazy like just it's the most people we've ever had at like a ticketed event and like they knew all our words like it was just i mean they knew everybody's words you know and uh i remember we were that was pretty that was like an emotional moment for all of us, because you know, I'm I'm in Nashville and RG's in Atlanta, and both and like both our hometowns just like completely showed up and showed out. So that's uh, awesome. Yeah, those were definitely moments for for us. So okay, yeah. Now, now, what about on the flip side? So far as an artist, what do you think has been your biggest failure or regret, if you have any, so far? Um. Failure. I guess. As far as a regret, the biggest thing that I I think of frequently is I wish I would have started earlier. Um, well, like or like taking it more serious earlier because like I was always in bands and, but I just I don't know I I didn't believe in myself enough. You know, like that moment where Derek fired me and said like you've got something like you don't need to be doing this you need to um that was the first time that i was like you know what forget it i'm just gonna like put everything into it and you know i was like kind of scared before i was like oh yeah yeah you know i'm I'm in this little band or oh i kind of do this thing you know i I didn't identify as like oh no i'm an artist like 
I, I do this. Like, yeah. I'm good enough to for this to be my career. Um, I, I, I didn't. It wasn't until that moment, and I wish like in high school, like, because people had been saying that to me, but I just wrote them off. So I was, I, I wish like I would have just done it earlier. But other than that, man, there's not like the, I've been grateful for this whole journey. Like the the craziest and like quote unquote worst moments. Like I look. They become fond memories when you look back at mm-hmm. them, like you yeah. know, like can- canopy tour. Like there was so much ridiculousness, like that we had to go through to make that thing work. And um, but now we look like the guys who went on that tour. We look back at it like, man, those are like some of the best moments of our lives. Like having to problem solve with each other and like people getting mad like now it's so funny like arguments that we had and stuff and, and it makes us brothers you know so um yeah i don't really have no that's cool yeah I don't you, really you don't have, like, you don't have problems. to have any regrets or failures <laughs> i just i throw it out there as an option yeah um wait so how how old are you now by the way i'm 26 26 okay yeah. That's yeah. a podcast exclusive. I'm not going to, I think I'm not going to like, I want to be ageless because <laughs> this is, this is why, because, um, future is ageless. He's ageless because Lil Wayne seems like he should be a lot older than future. Right. Yeah. Right. But, th- but Lil Wayne is two years older than future. Lil Wayne has been around so long, you would think he's about 50 years old. Yes, but he's like, uh, I think he's 36 and Future is 34. Like, Future <laughs> is 34, bro. Like, but he's not 34. He's ageless, you know? Um, Look at Pharrell. Pharrell's been around for yeah. like 30 years. The guy's perpetually 20 years old. Right. <laughs> well, I don't even mean like that's how he looks but like i don't even mean how like people look i just mean like you can at some point you transcend age as long as you're like you're working on your craft and you don't i don't know i it's just for some people and not for some other people like you don't you don't get stuck in a sound you know then you get then you just become ageless you know there are like there are like 30 year old rappers who like people are like uh they're old but kanye can like drop a number one tomorrow yeah. and like people know they know how old he is but old isn't really an age it's like a i don't know i haven't you can tell i haven't really formulated it all the way <laughs> but i'm just gonna stop tell, telling people my age because I, I want my music to be like just like I, i'm not gonna tell people like oh what type of rapper are you i'm like you know what just listen to it like you just say i'm i'm ageless that's what kind of rapper i am i'm timeless i'm ageless yeah i'm timeless like how old are you i'm timeless plus some of my like favorite artists they just like were unnecessarily ambiguous about everything like and so that's how i want to be like when when tyler the creator came out like there was this whole thing like nobody knows how old he is like like his wikipedia and different stuff was saying different ages nobody knew and like Nobody knew how old Akon was or how many wives he had. So, you know. <laughs> he might have just, more wives than what his actual age is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'm just like, you know what? Let's keep this going. Don't worry, man. I'm, I'm with you. Thank you for always giving me exclusives, by the way. 
Maybe I'm just the only person who's just not afraid to just straight up. Yo, how old are you? Yeah, you know. <laughs> I don't. I don't oh, want to offend this guy to ask him his age. Listen, he's he's not. By the way, you reacted when I said I'm turning thirty. It was like well, he's definitely younger than than twenty eight. <laughs> That's funny. Because I still feel like I'm 28 and I'm like, no, I have two more years added to that. Um, mm. No, it, I think it's one thing I talk about and I don't want to go off on a crazy tangent because we're actually almost yeah. done. But yeah. we're, we're finally like in an era where rappers are old. And I mean, mm-hmm. we've been there a while, but like really relevant rappers that yeah. are still around. Like, like Jay-Z, Eminem, Dre, Nas, like all these guys are over 45. Pusha T? Pusha T is over 40 at a number one. This like a yeah. ton of like, yeah. 50 Cent, Fat Joe, like a lot of people. Like, like you have the, yeah. the guys from the 80s who have been, you know, 40 for quite some time, but they didn't last into, you know, relevancy into the 2000s or whatever. I mean, I remember when like 30 was like a death sentence for rappers and like, like the top guys, like literally like Kendrick, J. Cole, Drake, ASAP Rocky, they're all over 30. Mm hmm. Like, and you know what's wild for me to think about is that Eminem didn't get famous till he was 28. So you want to talk about like you saying about yourself, like I wish I would have got started earlier. Like, you had so much more time on Eminem, who was the biggest artist in the world for 10 years, and he was kind of considered, you know, old. Like he wasn't even young in the game. So Jay, I just saw a thing where Jay said, uh, or no, he rap. It was in a verse recently. His, he didn't have his first album. His first album came out when he was 26. And I was like, oh, shoot. So I was ahead of Jay because yeah. my first one came out when I was uh, 25. So, or 24. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and Jay's got some verses from the 80s that are floating around YouTube that you can listen to. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All so. right. So now we move on. And I'm going to say that everybody, listening to the podcast, I'm going to drop a link to the conversation that No Big Deal and I had about his album, Solar, uh, so you can hear the breakdown. Yeah. But real briefly, like in like three sentences, I, I won't limit you to three sentences, but whatever. Solar's pretty good. So can, can you briefly <laughs> like explain the blood, sweat, and tears that went into it? Just like why people, oh, wow. sh- why, all right, uh, okay, scratch okay, that. Okay, why okay, should I'm people, why should people listen to it? G- give me like an elevator pitch. Solar is the whole, okay, the elevator pitch for solar is that it's music like a mirror. That's like what I set out to do was to make music like a mirror. So by being transparent in the music and showing you my scars, I hope it like puts up a mirror to you. And, and what, what I mean by that is that you see that we're more connected in our in our struggles than than people think and then i hope that those scars like help other people heal so that was solar that was music like a mirror okay oh that was nice and easy so if you want to really know what the full thing is about play by play track by track that article's on rapzilla i'm gonna drop the link it's we we did a good job on that Um, so we're at the final question and I think you made a joke last time we spoke to you that you feel like we always talk on the phone for like two hours. And before we got on here, I said, let's hold it to 40 minutes. That didn't happen, of course, which I expected. So let me get you to this last question. And this is, this is how we're going to round out. Well, how every interview is rounded out in your opinion, 
what is the key for the survival of the artist in 2018? Go. All right. The key is consistency and quality over a long period of time. Those are the keys. So you need all three. So like if you just have, if you're just consistent and you have high quality, but you do it for too short a time, not going to make it. If you have low quality and you do it for a long time and you're consistent, you're not going to make it. Like it has to be all three of them and you will make a living. You, you absolutely will make a living <laughs> off of your art if you have high quality you're consistent and you do it for a long period of time it'll happen and that's it that's it that's a wrap listen who knows better than no big deal who (laughs) who went from the the kid rapping in that song he dropped on facebook to yes with with his friends yes yes that's your first verse by the way um yes (laughs) to the guy who was working with Derek Miner, to the guy who started Indie Tribe, to the guy who signed to Capital and now is going on Shout the out. Better Late Than Never tour. Come on, man. You got it. You got it. And that's it. So everybody listen to this podcast. Get on that No Big Deal swag. Pick up pick up Solar. Pick up Canopy yes. 2. Pick up Canopy yes. 2 while you're at it. Do it. Go see him on tour. If you're going to be in New York City, don't say hi to me. Go say hi to Dylan because I'm going to be saying hi to him too and RG. And uh, that's it, man. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. You can get out of your garage. Yes, um, always a pleasure, Justin. And move on with your life. No, it's a pleasure speaking (laughs) to you because you put up with my, like, nonsense and crazy off-kilter questions. I love it. Good. We had some good chemistry, so it's good. But yes. uh, all right. So this has been Survival of the Artist Podcast, Episode Nine, with no big deal. Don't know when you'll be hearing this, but it'll be sooner than later. Everybody, peace. Hey, special thanks to No Big Deal. Uh, like I said, go check out his albums. Always a great conversation with him. If you're a first-time listener to the Survival of the Artist Podcast, please make sure you subscribe. Leave a comment. Let me know what you think. Uh, and also give me a follow on Twitter at Justin Sarachik, and I'll spell that last name, S-A-R-A-C-H-I-K. Say what's up, tell me whether you like the podcast, whether you hate it, I don't care, just give me some feedback. And uh, that's it, stay tuned for the big episode number 10, featuring Timothy Trudell of Syntax Creative. It's already recorded, and it's fantastic. Peace.